amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. This might be TMI, but I'm 50% turned on now. <laughs> <laughs> Only 50? I'm Trevor Campbell, and this is You Made Me Queer, the show where I am retroactively named the fourth member of Bananarama and deliver one note retribution. That's right. Every episode, I invite on my wonderful guest to point the finger of blame at who and or what made them queer. Welcome back. It's a Thursday. It's always a Thursday when we talk. This is becoming a pattern. I hope you've had a great week wherever you live. I hope the weather is improving. I live in a basement, as we've discussed, and I quite frankly wish you would stop bringing that up. But outside, the sun is shining and green is emerging from the uh, brown husks of nature that are being reborn. That got a bit graphic for a second. First off, I want to say a huge thank you to Extra and writer Esper Bergman for shouting out You Made Me Queer as a recommended podcast last week. That was so lovely. Thank you so much. We like the podcast too. We also recommend ourselves, but it means something different when you do it for us. So thanks. Really, really thanks. Otherwise, what's new in the world? You may have heard about uh, a sexy little romp in hell called Call Me By Your Name by Lil Nas X. Very fantastic. A sexy Dante's Inferno for the me generation, (laughs) you might say. Anyway, I loved it. I thought it was great. What you might not know and what I just learned today is in one of the world's most boring clapbacks, lovely little Christian gal has recorded a holier version of Call Me By Your Name in a field where she has changed the lyrics to be about, you know, our personal Lord and Savior of the one true faith. Uh, And listen, I enjoy a hot glue gun craft as much as the next person, but I just wish she'd spend a little bit more time making that outfit work. It's a B minus, which is fine, which is fine and good for her for getting outside. I'm not going to say her name or give you a URL because, quite frankly, I don't think she needs the views. I think we have other things to be focusing on. If you want to donate those views to someone, uh, why not give them back to the OG Lil Nas X video? Or, you know, read the newspaper, you joke. Okay, today's episode is episode 11, Double Digits Are Old News, and our guest is Aaron Pym. I am so excited about this conversation, and honestly, 
it may well be possibly the most I've laughed while recording an episode. Part of that is because Aaron has an incredible laugh. Uh, and every time I hear it, I just want to join in and laugh with her. But she's also super, super funny. I went to Performing Arts College with Erin Pym, which is how I originally know her. But she has blossomed into a legit superstar. And she's got a lot to say. So a little more about Erin. Erin is a published author of many things, including erotica, a presenter, and a public speaker in the field of sex and sexuality. She is a burlesque performer, the host and producer of what started out as a state show called The Bedpost and grew into the Canadian Podcast Award winning The Bedpost Podcast, which has more than 250 episodes. I'm on number 11, so this is a statuesque figure in radio journalism. Guests on the Bedpost podcast have included sex educators, sex workers, comedians, as well as just everyday folks with experiences about sex and sexuality. So note, maybe no surprise, this one gets a bit sexy. So if you can't handle it or you don't want to handle it, that is fine. There's still a lot for you to enjoy. Just keep your finger hovering near that fast forward button to skip over the juicier moments, which they're honestly, I mean, life is short. Why not enjoy them? Why not enjoy them? Anyway, I'm so excited for you to hear this. I had so much fun talking with Erin. I may just have her back for every episode, which would probably become a different podcast, but we'll talk. We'll cross that bridge when we get there, won't we? So, please enjoy my laughter-filled conversation with the wonderful Erin Pym. You made me queer! I uh, interviewed uh, a writer, a sex writer. Well, I think she says sex and culture critic is what she calls herself. Mm -hmm. And uh, when she was describing, you know that that iconic video of Katherine Hahn, who's uh, just staring with like sapphic energy at that other actress. Do you know the video I'm talking about? It's such a funny video. I don't know if I do. It's so funny. And she was she wrote an article about it and just related it to her own like by desires, basically. And one word that stuck out to me in that article was she said, women fill me with warm fear. Oh, I was like, Ah, I'm like, <laughs> I like. I've never thought of fear as warm, but warm fear. Also, Catherine Hahn and the word sapphic, even in the same, not even sentence, but like the same book, is making me queer right now. Love it, oh, Catherine <laughs> Hahn. What can't she do? Oh, I know. Really, like, I want more Wandavision. I want her side series, you know? I want her spin-off. I want Katherine Hahn to get sort of a blank check from some studio. And just cameras follow her around until she puts on a costume. She just starts going in there like, start filming, start filming. And that's what I want to watch. Just catch it all. Yeah. I'd watch it. <laughs> Katherine Hahn. That's the name of the show. Katherine Hahn making her lunch. <laughs> uh, you... <laughs> I'm not going to get stuck on Katherine Hahn. Not again. God. This happens every time. <laughs> every episode just because of Katherine Hahn. <laughs> okay, spoiler, Aaron and I went to school together, uh-huh. but to stay, you know, with that energy of freshness, I wiped my mind clean of anything. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I yeah. No, that's funny, because one thing I don't do is introduce my guest on the podcast, mm-hmm. because I think it sets up a weird dynamic where I'm reading a bio that you sent to me, and I'm praising you, and then you're praising me back, and who's having fun? Yeah, it's not authentic, is it? It's kind of a performative interview thing to do that, to to do it that 
that way. Yeah, 100%. And that said, that is how I start each of my episodes, but... <laughs> I just dragged you. <laughs> Fuck my drag. What kind of a moron would do that? <laughs> I, and as I said again, for yeah. some people it works really well. For the vibe I'm sliding in with, right. it's just not my style. Right, right. I can appreciate that. See, I can appreciate different podcasting styles. Even if you can't, Trevor. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> even if right at the gate, I feel deeply, deeply attacked. Okay. Um, okay. You know, I'm not like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, let's get that let's get that out of the gate. I don't want anything performative here. I'm mad and I want you to know it. I'm upset. <laughs> That's why I brought you here. This is an intervention. You said this one shitty thing to me in college like 15 years ago and you should apologize. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so funny. I love like the tagline to your pod, like an accusatory podcast. I found that so fucking funny. And anybody I tell that to, they laugh. However, I told that to somebody yesterday and they went, <gasps> and they're like, so like, are they kind of gonna ask you about like, did you make them queer somehow? I'm like, whoa, whoa, no, no. Uh, that'd be an insane premise for a podcast. Just confronting like past boyfriends and girlfriends and stuff. like And weird babysitters. Yeah, about and... like shit they did to you. I mean, I think there's an audience for that, but it's certainly not an audience I'm catering to. I mean, that that's kind of an amazing idea. <laughs> kind of like a reality tv idea you know yeah my new podcast is called say you're sorry and i just go back to people from my past and force them to apologize on air yeah say you're sorry okay let's let's take this for a second congratulations <laughs> aaron you are the host of say you're sorry who's Thank the you. first and most eager guest you want to bring on to demand an apology from well they won't be eager but i will be eager to invite them <laughs> um oh my god let's let's like throw my dad out there <laughs> 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 oh great sure it would just be parents wouldn't it is this a podcast just with me and my mom god damn it yeah yeah maybe we're just co-hosts me and my dad are just <laughs> doing the whole thing together and just yelling at each other <laughs> it's just 60 minutes of peaking audio oh my god yeah i'm just clipping <laughs> clipping sound oh it's terrible yeah i'm second thought oh, this shit. premise sucks let's move on yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. let's move on from that we it needs a bit more workshop yeah we'll we'll figure it out eventually but i must say like i'm not going to introduce you and and shine a spotlight on your history as it were but i am very impressed by any first of all any podcast that predates the pandemic <laughs> Because now <laughs> yeah. everyone has a podcast. Yeah, yeah. But also, what is a kind of like relatively new field that I think you've charted a cool course in? Oh. How did that start? Because the last time I left you, mm -hmm. you were making vegan cakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was doing that for a while, wasn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I did that for a minute and then sold that restaurant. And I think near the end of that, I started doing bedpost type stuff. So I was like doing a stage show. I started by like writing because I was really interested in writing. So I started by actually writing erotica and then I started to get published with that and then from there I was like ooh because I'm a performer right we went to school mm -hmm. like performing art school so I was like ooh let's like make a stage show where like people can read their own erotica ooh and maybe there's burlesque and maybe there's like a sex educator there teaching the audience about shit and maybe there's drag and maybe there's real life sex stories like and maybe there's an interview portion like the and then it just blew up into this stage show holy shit that's huge yeah and it was really fun and I think about a year into it I was like 
basically I'm like hiring these people that have like a 10 minutes on the stage and you barely scratch the surface of some of these conversations and like then yeah. they're like big deals with like a lot of cool information and experience and stories to like pass on to people so I'm like I would love to like hold people hostage for an hour like all these guests that I'm booking <laughs> yeah. I'd love to just like get them on the mic and just like really talk about you know whatever they're there to talk about so that's how the podcast started and then it. fucking it's like five years later or something and six years later yeah. I kind of go in with the same I feel like the same kind of vibe as you I wanted to just be like fun and like authentic but also like you know sometimes it's insightful sometimes it's educational sometimes it, you know it, sometimes it's really funny it's mm. just like we're just like fucking laughing our asses the whole time mm. and it's just all surrounding like sex and sexuality so I want to give people like a varied experience <laughs> well my main thing is like I want to be like a platform to people's stories and people's voices and stories that aren't told and like you know specifically I get like like most of my guests are probably women mm -hmm. almost all my guests are women I'll put it out there <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So, you know, and, and obviously a lot of POCs and mm -hmm. like I have a lot of trans folks and non-binary folks as well and queer people and polyamorous people and kicky people and sex workers and sex educators and hot, hot, hot. And I'm just padding my roster till I can book Catherine Hahn. Mm, I know. It's all that's the end game. I mean, always. <laughs> just filler, filler, filler. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Until eventually. Catherine Hahn returned my emails. <laughs> yeah. Catherine Hahn at hotmail.com. That's where I keep sending the <laughs> invite. <laughs> hotmail you know what i still have my original hotmail email address that i made when i was 12 13 i do too what's yours oh can we say it are people gonna email of course it? it's fine okay pimmer p-i-m-m-e-r at hotmail.com that's a good one fucking that's the email and people laugh when i give a hotmail account because apparently people don't make hotmail accounts anymore like it really really dates you to be like yeah hotmail workers tell me if i get an application for a job from a hotmail address I won't even read their resume <laughs> I mean, I know, it's, it's quite elitist. I'm, if you said that to me and you recognize yourself, I apologize. Okay, please tell me yours. I hope it's something. It's more embarrassing. <laughs> Pimmer's great. Mine, I don't know why at 12 or 13. It shows how ambitious I was as a tween. Canadian Trev. <laughs> <laughs> I was really preparing for an international audience. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing Trev, I fucking love it gets it. worse I had an email that predated Hotmail which was I think it was like Rocketmail but it was <laughs> skaterpunk at rocketmail.com no! yeah. <laughs> ask me if I knew how to skateboard I didn't <laughs> But I was 11 and thought skaters were hot. Hey, I mean, that's enough. You wanted a skater boy or whatever you wrote. Yeah, skater I punk know. boy. Yeah. Skater punk boy. Very proto-Avril. Very. I mean, I covered that song in my fucking, one of my fucking stupid bands that I had when I was a teenager. Yes. Did she speak to you? Is she a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a bit embarrassing, but you know, it's all we had. It's true. The internet was in its early stages. The music pool was limited. We're Canadian. Canadian. Give us a break, you know? No, there were, in our defense, we're all Canadian Trevs, yeah. <laughs> and aren't we all Canadian Trevs at heart? Thank you. This has been You Made Me Queer. Thanks for listening. <laughs> stay warm and afraid. Warm. <laughs> stay warm and afraid. I love it. Oh, shit, Avril. Uh, she's fine. She's a millionaire. She can get dragged. She can take it. Oh, yeah. She's doing okay, I feel like.
Does she still have a similar aesthetic? That's a great question. I'm going to Google it. I hope so. Please do. I imagine her, she's sort of like a, oh, this is going to be, how do I make this not cruel? <laughs> wow. It's like a sort of Elon Musk Grimes dynamic, but real low-budge Canadian. She's looking good. Is she still wearing like a flared plaid pant with a wallet chain? You know what? Like the picture that it's showing, it's still like she's still got that aesthetic of being kind of a little yep. rock star-esque, like doing her rock thing. Mm -hmm. But oh boy, she cleans up well in these pictures. There's like one of like her on a red carpet. I'm like, oh, she's oh. got her hair done. Gorgeous. Still got a strong, smoky eye, but yeah, gorgeous blonde hair. I think that's the thing. That's one of her things, right? That just like messy, strong, smoky eye. Yeah. That's right. Good for her. Good for her, I say. You know, sometimes you find out what works right away. And stick to it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> stick what? to it. Me? I'm still searching. <laughs> Smoky eye? I don't know. I know. I don't know. What is it? Please write in and tell me how to dress myself. What's my thing? Yeah. That's right. What's my thing? I will do anything. So malleable. Oh my God. Great Catherine Hahn. So I could talk to you about, you know, women, celebrities, and early email addresses all day, but I have summoned you here for a reason, and it's high time we get to justice. Great. So now, like you said, in the early days, we had very little music, and we also didn't know what was making people queer. It was a confusing time. Truly. And now, of course, we know. We're very fortunate now. And it turns out so many things can make us queer. Like you said, Catherine Hahn's sapphic energy. Steeping your tea for too long. Mm -hmm. You really have to be careful out there. But the good thing about knowing that now is we know it's not our fault that we've grown into these smoky monsters. <laughs> monsters. Smoky eyed <laughs> queer monsters. <laughs> so I brought you here with your orange microphone uh -huh. to step up to the plate and lay some frosty blame on who and or what Aaron Pym made you queer i feel like i'm just gonna throw out like a couple <laughs> a couple images for you okay the chick the um like was the fern gully uh fairy oh, oh my god <laughs> oh, do you do you want to drop them all and then we go through them or should we hit these one by one <laughs> i was just gonna throw out some like random shit okay, I, I was okay, gonna throw out like like just like cis men you know okay sure just a general cis men mm -hmm. i'm gonna say pff, willow the the from Buffy. Oh, it was like the movie. The willow tree. Uh, <laughs> willow tree in my backyard. All willow trees. So not the movie, not the tree. Willow from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, okay. correct. Do you know the movie Willow, by the way? No, what is it? It sounds familiar. It's about a, a very small man who I think in this mythical world is a dwarf of some kind. Huh, and he made me gay. Great. Oh my God, he's so hot. There's a baby <laughs> involved. Anyway, go on, go on. <laughs> like, oh boy, like L word. Oh yeah. The first one of the reboot. The dumpster fire that was the original L word. There's, we have a lot to talk about. We have some bones to pick with L word. So many bones. Um, like ska music. Oh, whoa. <laughs> this episode's going to be two hours. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just, I just, um, oh my God. Just, the, just like a dykey aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just so drawn to like just mm -hmm. a butchy kind of a femme. Yes. Like a hard femme. I'm just so drawn to that aesthetic. Like, does someone come to mind when you think of hard femme? Oh, just like, I think it's a stereotype that's in movies where she's like kind of the cold removed, really cool one, you know? Mm, like an Angelina Jolie type? Perhaps, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hair. Yeah, with 
like, oh, speaking of that, okay, an actual person that was like maybe my first celebrity crush that was a woman was like Drew Barrymore circa, you know, like 95, 96, 97. With that short pixie cut bleached blonde hair with the dark roots. Oh, yeah. Very 90s. And the tiny thin eyebrows. Oh, yes. Like I had a huge in high school. I had a huge thing plastered on my lock in the inside of my locker door of her. Oh my god, a hundred percent. Oh yeah. She had like a rose in her mouth or something. Like Dude, it was, re- I know, it was I know. really was that like a YM or Cosmo cover or something? I think so. It was definitely yeah. from a magazine that I'd cut out. I'll tell you what, not of my own subscription, but I was reading a lot of YM during that era. <laughs> there you have it. Yeah. Ninety four. There yeah. you go. It was a good year for YM. What are ten ways to please my man? <laughs> <laughs> As an 11-year-old, I'm curious. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what any of these nouns are, but I'm I'm going to try. <sighs> I love it. Okay, so let's... Let's break it down. I need to slow you down and slow your roll. So let's go back to Fern Gully. Yeah. So when I picture the Fern Gully fairy, she's in a jagged red two-piece, and she kind of looks like Angelina Jolie in Hacker. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, gets like your heart femme kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So talk me through it. How old were you and what about that fairy? And I'm not using this word in a pejorative sense. She was actually a fairy. <laughs> what about was. this fairy turned you on? She may have also been a little, you know, she maybe. May, yeah, maybe. A bit, a bit fae. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. The way she was drawn, like early Disney, they were drawing like women with like dump truck asses and like, <laughs> you know, like this tiny little nipped in waist and like. Like, like the bodies on these, on some of these animations, you know what I mean? Like, like, have you seen The Incredibles? Like, the mom's ass (laughs) in Incredibles. slamming. (laughs) Her butt needs to spin off. (laughs) Totally, right? So, I feel like the first time I saw it, it was definitely on a VHS. Like, it might have been rented, if that will also date, you know, tell the people how old we are. (laughs) We went to, like, Jumbo Video was the place that we went to. free popcorn. Fucking free popcorn, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. the best, right? So that was a rental. Um, and I actually did watch it with a boyfriend. It was probably around grade nine when I watched that. Very sexy film. Great choice. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. For <laughs> very great date movie. 10 out of 10 would recommend. But like at the time I was doing like a pixie cut you know thing with my own look Mm. I think aesthetically I was just so into that character and I was like both saw myself in her and then also was like ooh, but she's this hot cute little thing like I'm in love. That's kind of the weird queer dichotomy that I think hetero folks miss out on when you're kind of coming of age is like, you get to simultaneously want to be the <laughs> object and also be with the object. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Which, is that egotistical? And I'm not sorry if it is. I mean, I am a complete narcissist, so <laughs> yes, I'm going to say. But no, that's so true. When you think of like people that influenced you and when you saw yourself, like, I don't know if we truly saw ourselves a lot, but mm. we saw things we were attracted to. <laughs> yeah, weird <laughs> coded sure. images, whether or not they were intentionally coded. Yeah, but... mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. And I think the boyfriend that I was watching that with, he found her hot. And I was like, okay, great. We both agreed. Like, we both think this fairy is slamming. (laughs) (laughs) Did you vocalize that at the time? Or was this a hidden thought? I think I did. I think we did openly talk about like, crushes on women. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. Had you kind of come out before that? Or did that just feel okay for you? No, no, it felt fine. Because he was very like, I'm not sure how he 
I don't know if we had the words for it um, at the time, mm. but we were both just like open in our affections towards well, me to both genders or all genders. Mm-hmm. Him, um, he had a very queer aesthetic. I don't know how he. I don't think he identified it queer and probably still doesn't. Maybe who knows? Mm. He ghosted me a long time ago when he just kind of <laughs> fell off the face of the earth. So, Boo. so talking about be- being mad and accused story at people, he's one actually okay. um, that I'd like to have a few words with. But he had a very queer aesthetic, so I feel like we were just very open in that way. Mm-hmm. That was probably a really lucky experience, like a really great relationship to have early on in my like young adulthood mm. because. I was free to do that. And at the time, like, we're both, you know, into, like, that, once again, that aesthetic of, like, that kind of grungy alternative aesthetic. So I think we'd plan tattoos and stuff. To, we'd, like, draw tattoos that we would want. And, like, I would want, like, a pinup girl. You know what I mean? Hmm. Stuff like that. So it's kind of cool. Kind of a cool early it. relationship. Did you describe him as grunge? Like, were you kind of, like, a grunge emo aesthetic? Yeah, we, like, dyed our hair. We, like, we were both into punk. Yeah. Like, we went to Warp Tour together oh, a bunch. Yes. We went God to Warp Tour multiple times. So, like, yeah, we were kind of doing the punky kind of. Which, of the punk kids I knew, and as he, as skaterpunk at rocketmail.com, <laughs> I was very close with the <laughs> punk community. Um, but I had some friends who were kind of, like, into, like, ska or punk and stuff like that. And it seemed a bit more... People could, you know, like, people had a bit more gender flexibility, maybe, in that scene. Yeah, I definitely dressed super dykey at that point. And that's, I think, where I kind of found that thing aesthetically. Um, Definitely, like, looked queer. Let's put it that way. Love it. Like, most definitely. (laughs) If somebody saw me, they would be like, gay? Yeah. (laughs) Well, short hair. What's wrong with you? Yeah, short, like, dyed hair and, like, you know, just no bra and and just, you know, whatever else. Yeah, Just dirty. (laughs) So so there you are on that basement couch, dirty as all hell with your funky man. (laughs) Yes. And this is funny because Fern Gully, if I'm correct, Mm -hmm. is basically, like, sort of like a didactic save the environment sort of, like, metaphor cautionary tale it is not yeah. and, and we were both vegetarian so like that oh, okay was, so this makes sense that was also a thing that was like <laughs> made sense <laughs> to us in our journey Weird. it was yeah. it was nuanced it was all okay comprehensive yeah, totally <laughs> so step one we're blaming let's you know let's throw in the animators responsible for this character too Definitely. but the character specifically right. all right <laughs> case number one and what's next oh my god um let's go into ska music so we're because we're mentioning this like punky aesthetic right Let's go right to ska music. Yeah, I was in a ska band. Oh, you were in a ska band? Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is good news. What was your role? Of course, I was the front person. I was a singer. I'm a singer. Well, listen, I played the trumpet in grade nine and grade 10. Fair. And as a a fan of early No Doubt, I did (laughs) at one point fantasize about playing the trumpet with No Doubt. Yeah. I think talking about like kind of queer uh, icons or role models, like a lot of these ska bands did have female front people, Mm -hmm. front person, (laughs) front men. Like No Doubt, for instance, like she has such a queer aesthetic. Oh, big time. You know? Yeah. So like, just like stuff like that. Save Ferris was another one that is that is a punky kind of ska Mm -hmm. with a female front woman 
like Biff Naked, I was really into at the time. Garbage, oh, sure. I was really into. All of, yes, yes, all of that. You know what I mean? Like, so these kind of grungy front women, I kind of, I guess I kind of like modeled myself after them and fucking was in a band. Oh my God, I love it. So you were modeling yourself after that and singing in that band. And were you the only cis woman in the band? No, one other, one other one. Carol. Carol. Hey, Carol, if you're listening. Friend of uh, the podcast. Hey, Carol. I actually ran into her recently um, at a kind of a sexy place and things happened. (laughs) So it's great how things come full circle. Oh, my God. Yeah, she presented very queer at the time. So she was a huge influence on me, actually. Really huge. Was there chemistry with Carol when you were in the band? Um... No, I don't think so. But I think I saw her as kind of like a role model. She's a little bit older, you know. Cool. She yeah. just had a shaved head. She just had a buzzed head in high school and Catholic high school, like bold. Whoa, that bold. is so bold. Honestly, yeah. And like uh, pierced nose, like I think maybe maybe her eyebrow was done at one point. Like like bold moves, right? For sure. And uh, she played trumpet, <laughs> and she eventually became a, a tattoo artist. So she's very much into that aesthetic. Currently, like, yeah, so she's just full of tattoos and the hottest, basically. Oh my god. Well, I'm so glad you get a happy ending with with Carol. Thank you. And I I actually do want her to tattoo me eventually. (laughs) I do. Do you already have some tattoos? Actually, I have a shirt of hers that I bought. I bought some of her merch recently. So, I mean, if that's not a flirt, I don't know what is. Oh my god. Carol, please. (laughs) What do you need? (laughs) Yeah, what do you want from me? Just tell me. Bite the carrot, girl. (laughs) Also, what was your band, your ska band called? in high school oh god little red wagon <laughs> it's very scoff okay it's a big band though we had like a four-piece um horn section it was great it was so big. okay so this is ska obviously but i'm picturing when i picture carol i'm just picturing i think it's her first album maybe her second but the ani defranco album where she has the buzz head and the little nose stud oh yeah i have such a funny story about ani defranco oh and... my god tell me because ani defranco is one <laughs> of the people who made me queer yeah okay great so um yes me too <laughs> and <laughs> and yes and i um had kind of this kind of weird situation with someone where i was dating someone and we were both dating this girl kind of separately it was just kind of an interesting dynamic but mm-hmm. i wanted to take her on a date like just the two of us and i wanted to like celebrate our queerness and like anita franco was <laughs> playing so i bought us fucking ani defranco tickets i'm like oh what a great thing for two fucking lesbos to go to right oh, thank god and um the show started at like maybe at like i guess eight or something she was gonna be late and like the day of she was like oh i'm gonna get there around nine is that okay and i was like oh. i mean i guess so now there's not too much we can do about it like it starts at eight like she's on at eight yeah so at nine like literally she got there it was at um danforth music hall oh great venue did ani start on time i feel like i've seen ani live and she was punctual she did yeah and i don't even think there was an opener so ani went right on at eight (laughs) the only musician in history who started on time right so at nine when my date shows up like Ani literally had, I think, one song left and then an encore <laughs> of an encore of two songs, maybe or, or maybe three. Oh my God. And that was literally it. And I paid like, you know, paid maybe 50 bucks yeah. for an Ani nowadays. You know, this was yeah. maybe eight years ago at this point. Uh-huh. But, you know, maybe 50 bucks I would have paid her 40 at least. And she got three songs out of it. <laughs> 
So like when she rolled up, because I'm trying to imagine how I would handle that situation. When she rolled oh up, God. were you already pissed? I was like, come on, get here. Like, oh, what a, like, what a disappointment. Yeah. I, like, how disappointing was this? This is supposed to be like a really cool date that I really thought was going to be this really cool queer thing we were going to do together. Oh my god, man. I was pretty fucking disappointed. That super sucks. Yeah. And did that end pretty quickly after because she, (laughs) you don't mess around with Ani, people. You don't. (laughs) Why did I bring that up? So Ani made you queer. One of, yeah. Oh, because I was imagining uh, what's-her-face looking like Ani. Yes. And you're not wrong. Yeah. not wrong. No. Get it. Uh, Right? I know. Yeah. 100%. Cute. Yeah, I love it. it. Okay, so that's two down. So your ska band, I think you blamed ska music, which <laughs> I like bold moves, but that's aggressive. But ska music as a genre uh, made Aaron queer. Let's move on to contestant number three. Okay, what I say? Let's say... Um... Was it the L word next or... Oh yeah, okay, let's talk L word. Oh boy. Okay, I'll tell you first. Let what me a jump mess. In first. What a fucking mess. I mean, and they've rebooted and I heard it's better. I've seen two episodes of The L Word. It was on what I did not realize at the time was a date. Don't you love those? I know. And then after I was like, oh, I think I was being set up. Oh, that was a date. Oh, that was a shit. date. And I kind of wish it had been, but I didn't do anything about that. Yeah, didn't but realize. But here we are. Also, watching The L Word, interesting choice. But I remember learning that I think one of the someone's girlfriend or one of the producers... There's like a woman who writes songs for all the episodes of The L Word. (laughs) And there was it was an episode about them going on a cruise ship and it was no hate, but it was a very literal song. There was no poetry to the lyrics. It was like, we're on a boat and we're lesbians. <laughs> Basically, was playing in the background. So this is what I know of the L word and everyone was hot, hot, hot. And that one, the rebel. Shane. Shane had the haircut you like. Oh, oh my God. Like, I, I, I'm going to now kind of pivot. Like, it's not the L word. It's it's Shane okay. from the so L tell word. Tell me everything. Mm-hmm. Just like, that's, again, everything I want to be and everything I'm attracted to. I love of like a woman that's you know that leans mask i fucking love that like <laughs> so sexy like oh my god yeah that like kind of shaggy dark haircut just like the cute fits that she would wear of these like button-up shirts and these kind of skinny jeans or whatever and um they showed a lot of footage of just like her because she was sl- super slutty yeah so there was Shane fucking someone in every episode. Like, it's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> so good. <laughs> I remember Shane always dressing kind of like like an NCIS detective. Yeah, like, like a, black a, and white always. Yes. Yep. And like yep. a badge on the... She, I mean, she was not a police officer, but could easily have a badge on the belt loop. <laughs> totally easily. Okay, great. Go on. <laughs> but like, this is interesting, right? Because like, the show is crazy and it's kind of, kind of awful. But like, not only was I super attracted to this character but it was really interesting because this is one of the first times i saw lesbians have sex in a show yeah. or like like have sex not just like kissing you know yeah like you saw shane like finger fucking people like I, know, I don't know if you ever saw her like really strap it on or anything like that but you saw her like really fucking women yeah and i was like it, it was kind of like it kind of blew my mind a little bit i was like because we had because i if i'm correct queers folk the british version came out or maybe the american too 
before the L word. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. I, as a, a little queer boy, already had that. Mm-hmm. But you, mm-hmm. I think you might be right. I think L word was really the game changer. Mm-hmm. It was for me anyways, yeah. like being a woman for sure. And I was just like so interested, right? Like because you never see that kind of representation on TV. So I was just so interested to see all the dynamics and to like, I remember specifically one of the things they kind of talked about on one of the episodes was like, well, when is sex sex? Hmm. Because like, you know, the heteronormative narrative is like PIV sex is sex. That's what sex is. But queer people, you know, there's not always like a P and a V involved in the sex. (laughs) So when does sex happen? And they had this debate about it, right? And they're like, oh, well, when an orgasm happens, that's when sex is sex. But then somebody refuted that and was like, okay, well, then that means like a lot of women in marriages, you know, with (laughs) cis men are not having sex. Like, you know, (laughs) when literally they're just like a little masturbation sleeve for the men half the time. But like, you know what I mean? So that was just such a a cool conversation that kind of opened that up for me at the time. Like, to be like oh yeah like foreplay isn't foreplay you know and and the end game isn't you know piv sex and it just kind of opened up that for me to be like oh fuck it's all sex like it's all totally valid as sex and it the acts as they are yeah yeah you know for pleasure sake like there doesn't have to it doesn't have to look like i've always thought it needed to look so yeah. it's kind of interesting. No, for sure. And I think I think that's one of the, you know, gifts that queer people have bestowed upon everyone is the I mean, the way through queer communities we've had to openly discuss gender in a new way. I think you're right. We had to do the same thing for sex. We're like, it you know, happens a lot of different ways and you have to deconstruct the idea because we only got one idea growing up. Yeah, we have this we have a script to follow, right? So it's kind of interesting with queerness. It's like a lot of people I think like baby queers for me anyways. I was like, how does one do lesbian sex? (laughs) That's right. Because I literally don't know because that's not what you've been taught and that's not what you see everywhere. So it's kind of a thing of like, okay, so is it just going down on each other? Yeah. Is it so... It's PIV sex, right? So does that mean I need to strap on a dick and For it that's to be sex? sex. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is it literally just shapes like, <laughs> that you have to make the Tetris go that way? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think, like, for me, L word was, like, something that I was, like, it was, like, a guilty pleasure of, like, ooh, I'm so interested to see, like, what lesbian sex is essentially yeah you know what and i mean correct me if i'm wrong but like this was like 2000 ish maybe so like end yeah. of the 90s early 2000s there were two mainstream flavors of lesbians the very femme presenting i can't believe she's a lesbian situation mm-hmm. or, or the rosie o'donnell butchy. that's right like sexless yeah sort of masculine so i think to see, like the shane character to see someone who is kind of like butch presenting but also smoking hot was kind of groundbreaking too that hard femme aesthetic hard femme yeah yeah, that's exactly, yeah, Shane. If you look in the dictionary, yeah, <laughs> hard femme. the term hard femme, yeah, Shane will pop up. Yeah. I feel like also hard femme is the, a bottled cocktail that I want to buy we'll and drink. to try it. Choose hard femme. <laughs> Great. Okay, so Shane, and also that, what about this new L word? Have you watched it? No, I haven't. I, I'm really apprehensive to go back and revisit L word because I know how problematic it is. It is yeah. like yeah. really bad. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, ooh, I don't even want to know like what they're going to try to do done. with it. Because apparently, because the, the initial one was pretty white from what I remember. Yes, very. Yeah. Yeah, But the new one I've heard is more diverse and has even some maybe some trans characters. I don't know if this is true, though. There was. Yeah, there was like Max was a trans character. So 
kind of, I would have liked to, like, it was a very surface kind of level that we knew about Max, but there was representation, but it was still at the point where it was, like, caricature type characters, you know? Like, we didn't really get to know much about the trans characters. They were just kind of incidental characters peppered in there. It it had potential, I tell you, but boy, was it pretty much just a crazy (laughs) office. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) Queer's Folk was not, and no hate, Queer's Folk was not much better. Queer's Folk is what I downloaded, the British version, using some file sharing service like LimeWire. Napster. Yeah, like Napster. (laughs) And it took like six days to download the episode. And when I got the file, it would be like this big on my computer (laughs) and I would watch the whole thing and just be like, oh my God, as a 15-year-old. Yeah, totally. just loved it. Yeah. Any crumbs, right? Oh my God. Because we had nothing. So just we're like lapping it up, anything they would give us as far as representation, right? Anything, 100%. And that is also, I mean, maybe Napster also made me queer because that's how I downloaded... everything everything i don't even know how i found this album but kylie minogue's light years which is like her first disco album before the one she just released and i would dance to that in my bedroom so just like imagine being a catholic parent your son has locked his door and you hear gay disco song coming from the bedroom and then like stomps of choreography Mm -hmm. hard choreography full choreo yes from a child who is not athletic and eschews sports at every opportunity And uh, and uh, and bookie bookie boo. <laughs> so I, yeah, I was doing sort of my own uh, strange brew of that. Okay, so this is convenient because I think we've stewed in hard femme into L word. Mm-hmm. So two birds, one stone, mm-hmm, big mm-hmm, queer mm-hmm. birds, like a flamingo, maybe. Oh, the gayest. Or yep. an albatross. <laughs> Bird of paradise. A wide winged. Yes. <laughs> this is when you find out I know tons <laughs> about birds. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you had one more thing, and I can't remember what it was. Hmm. I mean, men. Yeah, I think you said cis men. I mean, cis men. What's yeah, that? Yeah, sometimes it's just. I mean, it's. Oh God, I could do. How long do we have? Um. No, just like, uh, kind of a grass is greener type of a desire. You know what I mean? Like having having the same patterns of just like emotional availability come up and like stubbornness, like these all, all these traditionally very male characteristics, right? The which they're not, they're human characteristics, but we're cultured that we have different ones for men and women, right? Especially when we were growing up. So like a lot of men that are my age were, you know, taught to just not be emotional and be scared of commitment and be scared of emotions (laughs) and be like, you know, all all this stuff is just so frustrating and just like disappointing, quite frankly. Um, So I think early on seeing these patterns, I would just be kind of like looking over at women and be like, dreaming and romanticizing relationships that could be emotional and that could be sensual and could be soft and maternal and empathetic and all of these things that I felt that were lacking from my relationships that I was having and just kind of like you know daydreaming about like what a relationship with a woman could be like you know what I mean yeah and I think you know and and more than anything I do think that 
might have really driven me to at one point when I was dating someone and I knew they were non-monogamous already. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hey, I'm going to, I really need to figure this out for myself. Like this is something I've always wanted to do. And now I'm in a relationship where I can potentially do that. So fuck it. I'm going to go on OkCupid and find, find a fine, lovely lady to go on a date with. And was this sort of like a watershed moment for you? I think this really opened up the door for me to be like, okay, this is like, why have I waited so long? Mm -hmm. That was part of it. Um, And yeah, I just want to more integrate this into the way I date, Mm -hmm. you know, and and the kind of people that I date. Um, And like, and I want to, yeah, I want to go forward in my life in like, you know, being able to fulfill and explore my attractions to, to all genders. So Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think I found, I think, uh, you know, you're always exploring, you're always kind of changing and finding things out about yourself and whatnot. And with people that come and go, you kind of feel different things. But I think at one point, I kind of decided that I was more kind of like hetero romantic and like homosexual. So because I had never had like a relationship, like I would have sexual experiences, but I hadn't ever like dated a woman. Mm -hmm. And then I mean, at one point, I just kind of fell in love with somebody and that kind of totally put that completely on its head. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, you know, it's evolving. and, And I think that's, that's what I wanted for myself as like a young, aspiring queer person was just that I could that I could do that. And I, there was no reason that I had to wait or, or that I shouldn't, you know, a hundred percent. That's such, I think that first of all, that's a very sweet place to leave it, but it's interesting too, because it sounds like And I think this is a little bit common growing up with a narrower idea of queerness. Maybe I had a narrow idea. I I don't want to speak for yours, but the step one is kind of going hard in the other direction or imagining sort of like the forbidden thing. And then Mm -hmm. you do. And I think one thing we get to continue to do is grow into a very personalized and nuanced version of that queerness that Mm -hmm. is maybe kind of it's not a great (laughs) soundbite, but um, is very satisfying. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely love that I'm free to... Like, I'm a polyam person, mm-hmm. so I'm also a very kinky person, and I like stuff like group play and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So my life just feels so full being able to play in groups with folks of all genders and stuff like that and do kinky shit um, and have fun power dynamics with folks of all genders. Mm-hmm. It just feels really amazing. And being able to just do that without any judgment on it or shame on it. And any idea of like what this needs to look like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And as someone who, and we both as two people who went to Catholic school and then a very gendered industry of music theater to come out of 100%, like at one point, I specifically remembered one teacher specifically making you start painting your nails red. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Me with my hairy armpits and like (laughs) red nails, you know, and then they're like, no, you need to wear red nails. You're like, I'll meet you halfway, but you do not get to decide all of this. (laughs) Yeah, keep in the body here. Seriously, but to like get through that amount of programming and then to find your groove, to find your jam, uh, is pretty cool. Yeah, I. It's so funny that you mentioned college, though. Oh my god, I I was such just a desiring, desiring queer person all through college. Like I had so many crushes, like, like I, I still have crushes <laughs> on people we went to college with, like that, that never went anywhere. And, and it's just, 
Oh, man, you just wish you could go back, you know, and mm. explore all of that. Yeah, like, really honestly, like, I, I had such a burning, burning fucking desire to explore my queerness with, like, very specific people oh <laughs> during God. those and years. Were this you know? not a podcast, I would grill you for all those names. <laughs> oh, I will freely give them. <laughs> I'm I curious mean, to know if people knew, because, like, I feel like I was just so gay. Well, I remember y- just you, I mean, where. We're nearing the end of our time, but I'll quickly yeah. say, um, <laughs> I do remember you. When I met you, you had a boyfriend, mm-hmm. but I remember you being like, and I also just like pretty women. And that was like part of sort of the package that you introduce yourself as. So there was always a queer uh, interest and like energy about you that I thought was really cool. You just seemed free then. So I can't oh, imagine. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that because I really, that I think that's a part of my identity as well to present queer. Mm. That feels really right to me. So that's really lovely to hear, actually, even at the time where I felt like, ooh, I just want to, but I can't for whatever, you know, reasons. I'm happy that I still felt queer, if that makes any sense. Uh Uh-huh, totally. And that, it was funny, because I was, it was very okay to be gay. It was almost weirder if you were a a guy who was straight in that program. Yeah, exactly. But it was a very specific, again, flavor of gay male. So, yeah, I mean, you know. The music theater gays. The music. Theater gaze, God bless them. Uh, <laughs> energy to power a light bulb. Oh my god. At all times of the day. Yes. God bless them. We yeah. need them, but also, you know, it's nice to then continue to move past that stage and find out where else you can go. Totally. So here we are, queerer than ever, angrier than ever. And so pissed. Not done demanding apologies. Just so pissed. Yeah. I've got some people I need to text like ASAP. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to be having Aaron back on. April is Aaron Pym month on the show. Erin <laughs> just rants at people she hates. Yeah. She brings her dad on. It's great. Oh my, yeah. We talk to your dad quite a lot. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to riff on that. Okay. I don't know your dad. <laughs> this, this <laughs> may be triggering so, <laughs> so let's not leave this on a bad note <laughs> aaron's crying right now and i'm just trying to steer she, her smoky eye is running down her face <laughs> uh okay so before i let you go and i don't want to uh would you like to play a game oh my god yeah oh thank god okay so this game is called queer queerer queerest great the rules are very simple i'm going to give you three things you're going to put them in order from least queer to most queer and tell me why least to most least to most right build that sort of theatrical um denouement Je ne sais quoi. yes there was a very <laughs> lewd and attractive hand gesture there <laughs> Uh, okay, so yes, uh, so the rules, you understand the rules, it's a very simple game. Yep. Here are your three things. Product slogans as safe words during sex, during an intimate action. That's number one. Number two, fictional characters that only dress half of their body. <laughs> so funny. we've got like a Donald Duck situation. Yeah, yeah. A Minnie Mouse. <laughs> yeah, like Minnie's just got the skirt and yeah, nothing else. topless. I know. Yeah. But Donald was just a top. There you go. Regardless. And he probably was a top. He probably <laughs> was. <laughs> that, that big Donald energy. <laughs> Thing number three. Those tiny desserts in TV dinners. <laughs> like a little baby fruit cobbler. Yeah, cute, right? So cute. So just to recap, product slogans such as eat fresh as <laughs> safe words. Yep. Mattress land, mattress land. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, uh, fictional characters that only dress half their body. Yep. Number three, tiny TV dinners, least square to most square and why go. Okay. 
I don't know. I feel like the t- <laughs> I feel like the TV dinner is that feels very straight to me. That feels very <laughs> hetero. Like, does do queer people don't eat TV dinners? <laughs> no fucking way. We're all gourmet chefs, like <laughs> with like palates that are just like yeah, so evolved, right? So I mean, just but and then the tiny desserts. I don't know. I can still picture just like a big slob of a hetero person just kind of <laughs> just kind of eating that in one bite. You know what I mean? Okay. So I'm gonna start there. Oh, just like a slider, like that whole cobbler down your... Yeah, okay. you know. Um, and then I'm going to say these animated characters that need to team up so that they have a full outfit. <laughs> I'm going to say that's next. I love that idea. Because queers do share clothes. We do share clothes, right. you know. Um, <laughs> we love to wear each other's shirts that don't fit each other. Oh my it's God. very queer coded to like wear your... That's perfect. You know, especially if it's different genders and you like mix the clothing and stuff. Like, yes, it's like the it's boyfriend a denim yeah. situation. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to say, <laughs> just because mentioning safe words at all, I mean, I'm a kinky person. Mm-hmm. So, and to me, you know, safe words belong in kink and kink belongs, <laughs> kink is queer. Kink is, kink is queer. It's a queer kind of sex, right? Mm. And I've often kind of defined kink as being, as queering sex, cool. you know, as anything that's outside of this heteronormative script that we're usually given, right? Mm-hmm. And I know there are a lot of, that could not be someone's definition for kink, but so for that, and I think also the way queer people have sex, um, again, there's no script. So I think we're freer and I think we can be, we're often more playful and we're having more fun. So something like saying a slogan as a safe word feels so, so, so queer to me. Totally. Because two people that are like, two hetero people, I think they may, I, I mean, there's always exceptions to the rule and I know lots of lovely straight people. Oh yeah, big time. Um, and I'm sure they're very playful in the bedroom as well. You know, okay, very kinky. But that just feels so queer to me because, like, queer people just can't have sex normal. <laughs> like, they have to do something weird. They gotta present, right. like, in a quirky, kind of weird way. That's you know right. what I mean? Otherwise, so it's I feel so like that... basic. Yeah. And I feel like, like, as well, from Catholic school, and no matter how you grew up, I think, being a queer person of this age, you grew up probably with queer sex being very taboo. Yes, yeah. So you were already like, well, I'm already going to hell for this. I might as well get my money's worth yeah i may as well just be singing like the fucking arby's jingle while i'm getting <laughs> while i'm getting founded like what, i don't know what is i don't the even know okay because now we now we need to know and i think it's something about meat <laughs> i was trying i was trying to think of something that may have meat in it i mean i think eat fresh is pretty hot yeah but Arby's slogan. I'll edit this out, but I just want to find out. Yeah, we do need oh, to find it's it. It's going to be so filthy, I bet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Okay, I've been given a few. Do you want to hear the ones the internet says? Yep. We have the meats. <laughs> what are you eating today? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking different. I'm thinking Arby's. And now that your tastes have grown up. Oh, it's a bit elitist. Can I play a thing? Arby's, we have the meats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't... This might be TMI, but I'm 50% turned on now. (laughs) (laughs) Only 50? (laughs) Whose voiceover was that? Get that gig. Yeah, get it. Yeah. Can you imagine? So you're you're doing your thing. You're you're like handcuffed to the sofa. And then you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is too much. Yeah. And in your gruffest voice, (laughs) you don't, don't, don't. We have the meat. <laughs> okay, I'll back off, honey. Okay, back- yeah, no worries, no worries. Yeah, I'll just <laughs> give so you a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Water? You want some water? Yeah. That's right. 
Well, uh, <laughs> perfect. So let me just tabulate your score really quickly Thank on you. my uh, calculator. Yep. 100%. Congratulations. Oh, I'm 100% that gay. <laughs> that's right. That's how we know you are, in fact, a big gay lord. <laughs> So congratulations. The word gay lord is great. <laughs> and, and I want to thank you because I, I was queer it. when I came into this conversation. <laughs> but this conversation has made me so much more queer than I was before. Yay. Same. Same Z. Oh, my God. I really like that game at the end, actually. That's really cute. Thank you. Good job. Thank you. We got the meats. <laughs> <laughs> we got the meats. We got the meats. We got the meats. Oh, my God. Yeah, we, we got, got the meats. meats. Um, thank you so much. Lovely Aaron Pym. Anything you want to plug before we say goodbye? I don't know. I have a podcast, the Bedpost Podcast. You can find it on wherever. It's everywhere. It is, honestly. Just click your heels together. It's been there all along. Yell it outside. (laughs) Something will happen. Make it your safe word. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So this has been another episode of the Catherine Hahn Fan Podcast. And Aaron, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Trevor. Okie doke, that is our show. As always, you can reach us at youmainmequeer at gmail.com. We want your letters. We want your signed 8 by 10s We want your love. Please rate, review, and subscribe this podcast. Why? Because popularity is everything. You've known that since you were a child and nothing has changed. We will be back next Thursday, as always bringing you more queer sensuality and hot-blooded justice. But until then, cue credits. You Made Me Queer is created, produced, and edited by me, Trevor Campbell. Our theme song is by Critty. For more of our music, check out lavenderbruisers.bandcamp.com. Our website is youmademequeer.com. Our Instagram handle and Twitter handle is at youmademequeer. New episodes of You Made Me Queer come out every Thursday. And from the bottom of my big bent heart, thank you for listening. And always remember to call me by your name, which will get confusing. Make sure you don't forget the safe word. Until next time, remember, we're here, we're queer, and it's your fault. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.